0: Thanks so much for listening in um, I've got Jess Barrett here she's one of my oldest friends we've known each other for 18 years now
1: I think. Oh my goodness 18 years that makes us sound
0: old. We are old Jess.
1: We're not, we're in our 30s that's young. <laughs> middle age,
0: middle age. No it's not even not, middle age. Not even nowadays but um, you know Jess and I have done a lot of life um, together we've been on mission trips we've done youth, youth was a mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wild days. And, um, mm-hmm. It was good fun, um, but this this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about complexity, stress, and a big part of that is that Jess has a really interesting job, and we've been um, following what she does over the years. Um, so Jess, why don't you tell us what you do um, with your job? Um, what's that like? Why is it complex and interesting? <laughs>
1: totally. So um, for those of you that I don't know, I work for an organization called Compassion. And my role at the uh, organization is really interesting. I've got a job called the Field Experience Coordinator, which is a big term that no one understands. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, my role is to take people on a journey of understanding the work that we do. And that means physically going and seeing it. So compassion mm-hmm. is unique to a lot of other ministries where all the work we do in our field countries is done through a local church. Yeah. Um, so taking people on that journey and making sure that as we go on that journey, we're leaving a really light footprint. We don't want to impact the good work that the church is doing by yeah. taking away from it. Um, but also for those that are coming from Australia, they may have never experienced poverty firsthand mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. taking them through that, that process in terms of debriefing and even just the spiritual significance of it and then um coming home and ensuring that they're all safe and able to reintegrate into life there's this Mm -hmm. fun thing called reverse culture shock where you come back from experiencing these kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. and your own culture then feels foreign and feels uncomfortable and you Mm -hmm. can have the same effects going into a new culture so that's part of my job been doing that for a few years now and i guess the complexities of it all come from i travel a lot yeah which was obviously pre some of the things that are happening in the world today but um
0: shall shall not be named shall not
1: be named (laughs) but like i was looking at my stats so for 2019 i took 45 flights i was in the air for a total of 8.5 days And um, that is an equivalent in terms of kilometers of 3.6 times around the world. That is
0: crazy.
1: Don't you love apps that can create all these stats for you? (laughs) I don't actually have to work it out. you work it out. I do like stats, but that is just from a fun app. Um, So that's complex when you're hopping in and out of very different contexts. Um, You have to maintain a normalcy and life (laughs) here. I also study at the same time and I'm really involved in my local church so there's lots of different aspects of my life yeah. and how do you manage that when you don't have a routine mm. um, yeah. at all really because yeah. <laughs> you could be flying at the start of the month one month, you could be away for six days, you could be away for 14, you don't. Yeah. You kind of just have to manage mm. that and then plan for your life around that. <laughs> <laughs> so what
0: kind of countries were you traveling to?
1: Um, so. The organization I work for is in 25 different countries. Yeah. wasn't going to all 25, but we are based... Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> um, we are mainly in Asia, Africa and Central South America. That's where our work is. Um, so mostly Asia. Uh, 2020 was supposed to be a big year of Africa trips for me, but that's changed at the moment. Um, so I have... I think I've got my country list of places that I've visited, not just for work, but for pleasure as well, is yeah. sitting at about 26 wow. countries at the moment. <laughs> so it's really cool to be exposed to the world. Um, mm. it, it broadens your, your mind and mm. you, you just don't take some things that we might take for granted, for granted yeah. as much because you see how different the world is to mm. our small world here.
0: And I imagine that with um, the travel and taking teams of people to these nations, you have to watch how you're going culture shock yourself, but then there's also working with people shock. <laughs> the culture of different churches and different teams. Yeah, would that, was that something that could be quite disorientating for you?
1: Oh, totally! People are the messiest part of my job. <laughs> it's not the like long layovers or delays or whatnot. It's just dealing with people, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think you have that in everyday life. Not just in if you're traveling lots, you're always going to be interacting with someone new or whether it's through church, whether it's through work or even just like going to the supermarket. These Mm -hmm. days, people are interacting with each other verbally, obviously not (laughs) physically, a lot more than they used to. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, um, yeah, I guess the like complexity of all of that lands itself in where do you, like, how do you view people? And, um, where do you, where do you yourself, find balance in who you are i guess so even though i'm interacting with so many different even like denominations and expressions of faith Mm -hmm. um christian faith (laughs) um but so many different aspects of that you would Mm -hmm. think oh yeah you work through the local church but having worked for the organization i work for now i've been exposed to just so many different expressions of christianity and i've seen beauty in so much of it Mm -hmm. and so actually coming from a posture of ah, oh, these differences are a bit of a tension going, mm. oh, actually, there's there's beauty in that and seeing people as people um, fundamentally rural humans yeah. and you yeah. kind of start to learn to manage that. Mm. Um, I don't know if that answers your questions. I've yeah. already forgotten what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just started talking. The
0: of um, appreciating the beauty in different groups of people yeah. from different nations, different churches, at the same time, I guess, having a sense of who you are when all that noise has died down, and I'm going, yeah, what do I believe? What do I value? How how do you work through that?
1: Um, It's funny because I go back to my own home church, which I love. Like, I love my church. It's my community. Um, But sometimes I'm like, oh, that annoys me the way we do that (laughs) (laughs) because I've seen someone else do it like this. Mm -hmm. And something I've learned along the journey is – The stuff that frustrates you is often what God's called you to do something about, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's injustice, whether it's people around you, and if you can channel that in the right way. So when I come back and I see those things that frustrate me in my own church, I'm like, I can't change that if I get up and leave. Mm -hmm. I can only change that from the inside Mm -hmm. um, and go, hey, maybe we should think about things like this. Um, And also at the same time, submit to leadership and go, if they like, hey, that's not really the the direction at this season at this time okay I can deal with that mm-hmm. um so I yeah I think that it's really important to listen to yourself when you feel those frustrations and mm-hmm. when you feel that tension um and really check your heart check your heart to the word of God obviously like mm-hmm. we we're all beautifully created with our own opinions <laughs> and um if they're not aligning with the word of God then maybe okay rein them in (laughs) but if they are then express them god's also given you a voice Mm -hmm. and you should use that voice yeah um yeah
0: yeah fantastic so when you come back from a trip do you have a certain um practice a certain few things that you do to kind of recenter yourself
1: yeah definitely my trips can be really high stress sometimes things Mm -hmm. can go wrong and so coming back home um i mean on the like, once I get home, I'm actually physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. So practically, I even though I'm an extreme extrovert, like on that spectrum of I'm nowhere near the center. I'm like extrovert, um, and so I need people in my life. And at the moment, um, I have a housemate, but for a season I was living alone, and I had to learn that no, I'm physically exhausted. I've had to make big decisions. I've been right. leading people, so yep. I need to rest. Mm. So that was a whole day of isolation (laughs) 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 which I'm getting plenty of now but it was actually a day of like hey I'm just gonna sleep in I'm gonna do a little bit of reading or Netflix binging um, maybe go for a walk on like actually alone time Mm -hmm. and then knowing that I can't being an extrovert I can't stay in that place for too long Mm -hmm. so slowly starting to go okay I need to catch up with some friends to refill that tank of mine um and something else I learned that as the busyness of everything like and how inconsistent my schedule was, I actually had to be really proactive with planning that because people's mm-hmm. lives don't match up with my life. Yeah. So I was coming home and having these mm-hmm. midweek days off and I would have no friends available because they yeah. were working So <laughs> to catch up with me. And so I actually would plan catch ups with friends, with family, family dinners and whatnot before I even left. So I was preparing for that rest before Mm. I came home. Um, I had to learn that skill. At first I thought I was invincible and could do everything (laughs) and (laughs) I mean, mostly I am, but I'm kidding. If you don't realize, I'm being sarcastic, Uh, but it is like this, yeah, I have to plan like, I have to make a plan to have no plan. Essentially. Mm. Um, I'm very like growing up and when I was younger, I was very spontaneous. And as my life got more complex and busier, I actually realized that I didn't, if I, I didn't have space to do that. I began to fill my life and mm. then I wasn't getting the rest and recovery. So recovery and rest can be quite different. Recovery yeah, okay. for me was the catching up with people, going right. out and about, doing social things, yep. whereas rest it's
0: more physical.
1: is physical. It's yeah. like Hydrate, hydrating, eat eating healthy food, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I had to make a plan for that because my life became so full with study, with relationships, with work, um, that if I didn't actually plan that, it wasn't Mm going to happen. And that happens to everyone, not just in people that work like I do. Mm -hmm. I think it happens in life these days. Um, So being really intentional about Mm -hmm. how I recover. yeah. And knowing myself in that so yeah. I had to know how I recover I realized that not everyone is as ext- extroverted as me yeah. so maybe a few more days of isolation helps people um, but yeah we're all we all need connection though even if yeah. you're an introvert you still need to connect oh, with other people
0: <laughs> but I think what I love is that sense of um, prioritizing or knowing the importance of rest and recovery and I think sometimes we think that if I plan rest that is not really rest for some reason. It's yep. always like, well, that's work, isn't it? Planning to rest, planning to do this. And so if I want a recovery, I will just feel it and I'll ask for it, but the complexity of our life really doesn't allow for it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, people's lives don't always match up. And so what we do, we just go on Facebook, Instagram, yep. scroll through, think that we're connecting, but we're just feeding ourselves junk Yeah. sometimes. So
1: that plan to have no plan, which so is ironic in itself, is actually kind of how that works mm. sometimes yeah. yeah fantastic.
0: let's talk about stress and um, you've already mentioned a little bit in the go on these trips you are making big decisions I remember we went on a trip and, um, <laughs> to in Indonesia we brought some medicines um, for, um, for some of the medical ministry we we're gonna do we got to the airport and was it like half or two-thirds of the medicines were basically confiscated... I reckon it
1: was like five-sixths. We were left with very little. Um, Yeah. That was
0: stressful. Yeah, I can tell you that
1: story, just for the sake of our listeners. Um, So we were on this medical mission trip, and... In previous years we had done it wasn't our first one so we just mm-hmm. followed the same planning yeah. as we had always but things had changed and rules had tightened a bit and we actually hadn't got all the paperwork that we officially needed mm-hmm. um, and the organization that we were partnering with weren't aware of it either and so we arrived in Indonesia, and literally at that customs line that mostly gets ignored, they pulled us aside, <laughs> took all our boxes, took me as the trip leader into a side room, and I'm just like, "Oh Lord Jesus, help me!" Um, and basically said, "You don't have any paperwork for these medicines. A lot of the um, vitamins and things we had were out of date. So we had mm-hmm. um, done some research through a local doctor, and he said that." Uh, the vitamins are still good for a year after the use by date because of strong rules in in law in Australia but we can still use them and so it meant that pharmacies were giving it to us for almost free um in order to get it off their shelves because they can't sell it but it was still actually good and good to use And so we then thought, you know, went through the whole process. They confiscated everything at that stage. And we had arrived quite late at night. We go back to the hotel and had another domestic flight early that morning. So myself and a couple of other people, like the doctor that we had with us, and I think another pastor came with me. I can't remember now, but we went to the customs office and they wouldn't even let me go in and see our stuff. They let the doctor in and he grabbed what he could. So he literally, all we got out of that was a handful of stuff. <laughs> and um, and they, yeah, confiscated it all. And I remember going, God, like, we're doing this to help people. What oh is going on? And, like, long story short, we actually ended up finding local distributors of medicine that we needed that we could then sell into that local econ- econ- economy by buying that, which yeah. is... Better development in the long run but um yeah so that was really that was a high stress situation and those kinds of things happen as you lead trips all the time um
0: yeah. like
1: i do some trip leader training for work as well of other people that lead trips and i have so many stories to tell them of things go wrong and they're like no seriously i'm like they do, they really do. and like, i remember one time i was in uganda and we had some police pull us over mm-hmm. and they were like um you guys have hit someone and killed them, or not killed them, they were just like, you've hit someone. Police in other countries always carry big semi-automatic weapons. So they're Mm. basically dressed as people from the army. So it can be quite intimidating if you're not used to that. And so they're yelling at us and yelling Mm. at our driver and they've pulled us over. They've basically surrounded our bus. And I've got a group of 25 Australians on this thing going, What's going on? I'm like, I don't know, stay calm, everybody. And um, I think we were like reading Psalms out aloud and praying as we were on the bus and negotiating our way out of the situation. We were like, We hadn't done it. There was no evidence that we had done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, my security training has taught me to be like, Is this someone actually doing something wrong? Are they going to? ambush us like all these different things are going on in my head so it's a very mm-hmm. stressful moment and that trip had lots of things going on so stress um is a it's it's a it's a thing that happens to all of us and sometimes it's not in the same extreme sense that mm-hmm. i've experienced in the field yeah. but it um It happens to us in our day-to-day. Like You can be stressed about whether you're going to get toilet paper Mm. or not. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I think the thing I've learned about stress. Mm. So yes, too much of it is really... like There's research that says it's bad for us physically. Too much of it is not good. Mm. But some stress is good because stress Mm. actually points us to God. Because you get to this point of, hold on, there's nothing I can physically do. And you start getting overwhelmed and... Mm the only thing you have to turn to is God. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, how do I deal with stress is realizing I have abilities uh, to do things and, and make decisions, yes, and I mm-hmm. do that when I can. Yeah. But also knowing that there's a bigger picture, there's a God who's in control of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that just sort of reorientates your stretch sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think stress is good because it pushes us to find that, hey, I can't do everything myself. Yeah. But um, also it's, you know, bad at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I get what you are saying that, you know, it is really important in stressful situations to, to do what you can do. Um, and as us as Christians, it includes going to God, praying, believing that he's sovereign and, and he's got this under control. But it definitely does kind of make you focus in on, on trying to solve the problem, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, so not forgetting God is always part of um, the solution. <laughs>
1: yeah, and like it, it doesn't have to always be that big. Like I've got so many funny stories or crazy mm. stories of God intervening or mm. me having to step up and do stuff. Um, but at the same time if you have stress in your everyday, yeah, like I have stress about what I'm going to wear sometimes. <laughs> like I know that sounds really pathetic, but that is just, okay, that can even turn you towards God. Yeah. Um, am I focusing on image or am I focusing on who God says I am mm. at the same time? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it doesn't matter how small the stress is, mm. you, there, there's still a way it can point you towards God and who he can be and is yeah. in your life.
0: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So one of the things that you were saying, that so we were chatting in, getting ready for this um, conversation was, um, you raised the the question of like, can and do people actually get desensitized or maybe even addicted Mm -hmm. to stress? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So with, um, the frequency of how, like these high stress situations I get put in, you know, every Mm -hmm. month or every other month, I'm abroad. I was abroad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, that stress, takes its toll on you as a person. And mm. I had been seeing someone professionally to help deal with that. Um, my workplace is very proactive in, in helping and yep. supporting us. Um, and she had this conversation with me about, cause I was getting a bit concerned. I was like, mm. oh, I don't react the same way I used to to things. Um, things used to grip my heart and um, I would be moved to tears very regularly. Mm. And I'm still moved to tears. Yep. Not as regularly, but I'm still moved to tears. (laughs) And that concerned me. I was like, am Mm. I becoming hard? Because if I'm becoming hard, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. I don't want to not see people because I'm hard. Mm. Um, But she brought up this thing of saying how it's so normal to be desensitized to stuff that you see a lot. Mm. And so she um, kind of framed it for me as you're becoming desensitized to human suffering and I was like, oh, alarm bells, alarm bells. <laughs> but then she caught me. She could see that I was like going, oh my gosh, I don't want to ruin like my, yeah. I have a mercy gift and mm. my heart mm. is definitely has that bend towards justice. Mm. Um, I feel like that's part of God's calling for my life. Yeah. But uh, she caught caught me and said, no, like, I think that some desensitization is good for longevity in right. your work. And I thought, oh, Okay. And she said, obviously, there's there's a balance of keeping it in check. And she used the example of herself. And I hope yeah. I'm allowed to share the example. <laughs> but I haven't said her name, so it's fine. Um, she had said that as a psychologist when she first started, that um, she saw lots of different... Um, clients patients and you know when she would come across people who had suicidal thoughts Mm. it really gripped her and it was actually a really hard thing for her to process It. she would take it home Mm. etc etc now she says sometimes i see clients like three clients in a day that all have suicidal thoughts and Mm. it doesn't have the same impact it Mm. has on her Mm. and then she said but it doesn't mean i'm a bad psychologist it doesn't mean i'm a bad christian it doesn't mean i don't care it just means that i've now got different tools to deal with that yeah. so um, when i look at stress it, again it's a fine line to balance mm-hmm. of you have to know yourself like yeah. if you like i know what my calling is and i know what my giftings are and i could see mm-hmm. that they were being impacted yeah. so if you don't know that in the first place yeah. how do you then yeah. manage that but In your own life, I guess when you are feeling like stress and being desensitized to it, it's not always a bad thing. It could mean that you're getting the gumption to last the the distance in what you're called to do. So first off, it's knowing who you are, knowing what you're called to do, and then being desensitized isn't always a bad thing.
0: Yeah. It (laughs) sounds like the more you do it, the more you actually draw your capacity to do something about it and maybe understand the situation at a deeper level because you've seen and you understand maybe some of the underlying um, things that you don't see the first time you see it and so it sounds like a desensitization is also because there's better coping mechanisms to Mm -hmm. some extent which um yeah i think it's great that stress is not a bad thing it does let you know that you don't maybe know everything what it makes you freak out maybe but then um, over time, you, you learn and you grow, and that's, that's yeah. part
1: of life. Yeah. So I think, um, I guess, this is like straying away a bit from your question, but it is really important to know who you are mm. and know who God called you to be. And you're like, actually continuously doing that. Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago... <laughs> A few years ago, I had a ministry role, so I wasn't working at Compassion, and mm-hmm. I actually placed a lot of my identity in that because I've, I linked yeah. it up with my calling, yeah. and then when that role wasn't who I was anymore, so I wasn't mm-hmm. doing performing that role anymore, it really affected my identity, yeah. but I had to take time to realize, hey, I'm still actually Called yeah. to this because I know what this is, mm. um, and it maybe it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so your calling doesn't change your vocation, and the way you apply it does. Yeah. So I Absolutely. think that's really important to know yourself mm. and your calling. And, and I think in, that
0: in this season we all have to remember that Although our society has mm. um, put a lot of um, restrictions and necessary restrictions on on our movements and what we can and can't do. And and yeah, we do you have to take time and maybe there's a great opportunity to take time to ask God, you know, what are you um, calling me to do and who are you calling me to be?
1: Yeah.
0: That's so great. Well, that's all the time we have left um, for this interview. Thanks so much, Jess, for making the time. And um, we do apologize, listeners, if you heard my son crying in the background, <laughs> <laughs> just wake up from his nap. Um, but I think there was so much practical and helpful wisdom. And um, if you've got any questions as you're listening to this, get in touch with us. Um, We're praying for you uh, in this crazy season and um, God bless. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up to date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.